So how should we fulfill our responsibility to educate our children? Do we have to have a degree to teach? Does the government own the rights to your children? Join us as we talk about this and more. We're traveling further every day. Hi, I'm Charlie, and it's so good to have you back with us. Thank you for joining us and uh, sitting in again for John Arthur. But we do have John Arthur back today. Everybody say hi, John Arthur. Hey, hi, John Arthur. Arthur. There we go. John Arthur. <laughs> we do appreciate having you back, and uh, very sorry about uh, the situation there with the death in your family, but we're glad that you're back home safe. Good to have you back on. Thanks for taking care of the ship amen and we're going to do it one more week after this and then we can figure out what to do afterwards but want to give you enough time to rest up and and take care of things so uh let's uh, get everybody introduced we we were going to have jason on today i was really looking forward to that unfortunately jason's two precious girls got sick and will not be able to be with us today so we're kind of moving things just slightly around um but in the chair of theology we have the 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 dependable the dependable <laughs> miss nikki estimable there yes, you go i'm very glad to be here <laughs> we won't be listening to too much of her today no that's not <laughs> It's not true. Well, it's uh, not true. She's. I'm just. So old. I, I was gonna say, watch our viewer count and just see <laughs> that <laughs> moment. Yeah, just just see what happens. Yeah. Dealing with the theology of what we be uh, believe from a biblical basis. <laughs> Stop it, guys! You're gonna mess me all up here. So, in the chair of philosophy today, we've got the one and only John Arthur. Glad to be here. It is great to have you. And boy, you talk about somebody that is strong in philosophy. This guy is it. Really appreciate him filling in there for that chair today. Next to him, to his left, we got the chair of culture. And Mr. Justin, good to have you today. Oh, thank you. And dealing with the community and the country at large, how we live. Chair of politics, boy, you talk about inestimable... And see, now I can't even say that word. <laughs> I've got to have John I, Arthur I, I say it for me. That Is that the real word? That's the real word. Inestimable. Yep, that's it. Mr. Steve. We're going to speech class here. We haven't even gotten started. Oh, my goodness. Steve, good to have you. And it's great to be here. Correct. Yep. That's where Steve specializes. Yes. And Most you, definitely. That's uh, and I got my Jerusalem hat back on today, amen. guys. So, amen. Back in my game, dealing with the governing and leadership uh, that we have, and how that should be influenced. And then today, I'm going to be sitting in the chair of economics, and really, um, there's some interesting stats uh, on that. There's one key one that I want to bring out today. I won't do that right now. Um, but there is some really interesting stuff that uh, we're going to be talking about pertaining to economics. Last week, as you remember, we talked about uh, who has responsibility for the education of our children. We laid out a really good um, groundwork for why you, as a parent, have that responsibility. Now, I would assume uh, that most everyone that's listening to this wants that responsibility you may be wondering well how can i get that back maybe you're living in an area of the country 
that is finding it very difficult to uh, fulfill that responsibility because you might have a board of education or a school district that is really against you. Uh, thank you very much, Loudoun School District in Virginia. And there's others, uh, but they, they, for me, are a poster child for, for that kind of thing. Today, we want to explain how you can take some of that responsibility and fulfill that. And it's not as hard as you think. Uh, we're going to give you some good ideas uh, about that. So uh, today is fulfilling that responsibility. We're going to go through, uh, we're going to do a quick recap of last week. We're going to talk about some different myths uh, about homeschooling um, and schooling in general. We'll talk about that. We'll sh uh, share some of those uh, statistics, and um, then we'll recap it afterwards um, it, when we get toward the end. I do want to recap the quotes that we pulled up this this last time. Uh, they were really good. Ryan, let's in. You know what? Will you all forgive me? Ryan doing the producing today. Thank you so much, Ryan, for that help, and we tip our hat to you. Very grateful for what you do. Um, let's pull up the C.S. Lewis uh, quote, if we could, please. And that quote uh, really, to me, is where we should be as parents. The task of modern educator of the mod modern educator is not to cut down jungles, but to irrigate deserts. And, you know, it's it's really a wonderful thing to watch a child learn and and just really flourish in that new learning and i think that quote really sums it up well then we also took a look at a quote by malcolm x and let me before i i go any further with this and read this quote to you i, I want to be very clear that we're we're not supporting um uh, the black nation the the muslim the so on and so forth that's not what we're about but Malcolm X had a quote here that I think is, it, it's pretty spot on. Um, and I'm not trying to diminish him either, okay? If Malcolm X were alive today, I would have no problem having a conversation with him. He's, he's somebody that needs to be, to be debated, just like others that we might not agree with. But uh, this is what he said. Only a fool would let his enemy teach his children now let that sink in for a few moments because that's very telling, especially uh, because of where we're at today with our education. Uh, and we'll get into that in just a few moments. The last quote that I think really is the epitome of what education should be. This is what, this is what our high school should be uh, to a degree. And this is what our colleges and universities should be. Absolutely unequivocally this is what they should be and this is the quote the function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically intelligence plus character that is the goal of true education and i really appreciate uh, a quote like that from martin luther king i think it really sets the tone for the topic that we're dealing with uh, today. Last week, we provided you with that theolog theological basis for understanding who has the responsibility. We provided you with a reasoning 
for why it is best for you uh, as a parent to have that responsibility. We also shared how this understanding shapes our future uh, culture. Um, and then we gave you some great information on how to bring about a change in the political environment. We talked about the importance of attending the school board meetings. We talked about the importance of uh, being involved in the voting process. We also talked about not showing up on the day of voting without having studied what your Board of Education people are standing for. And not only should you do that with them, you should do that with any political candidate uh, that is expecting to serve in the public realm. The last thing we talked about uh, was we talked about the uh, economic ramification pertaining to who wins this part of the culture war. Um, and Jason had mentioned something last week. He didn't think there was a quote-unquote winner because the, the struggle was always ongoing. And, and I, he's, he's right to a degree in that. I, I, I don't disagree with that. However, um, if we do not control that as parents, we are going to yield something that we've, we eventually could lose. You'll lose ground. You'll lose ground and maybe lose it for good. That's, that's the key. Uh, he's right in that the struggle will always be there. Um, but I want to I wanna make sure that when we use this word win, we're not talking so much about uh, calling it the championship. We have nothing more to fight for. That, that's not what I'm saying. When I say win, we have to control this aspect of education because if we do not to john arthur's point we give ground and that's ground that we do not want to give miss nikki i want to start with you uh again today and i want you to um recap those verses that we talked about very quickly deuteronomy 6 verses 6 and 7 if you would read those these words which i command thee this day shall be in thine heart Thou shalt teach them diligently, children, shalt talk of them, and thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou layest down, and when thou risest up. So we can see here that the issue of education is one that takes part, um, <laughs> Miss Nikki just clipped a spring on our microphone, uh, but this issue here is one in which we are responsible for teaching our children, and we're responsible to do it all day long. It, it, it's not, um, it's not a, okay, kids, let's sit down from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. And we're going to talk about, it's not a 6 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. around the dinner table. We're going to talk about, it's all the time, all the time. Through actions, words, and. It, yeah, yeah. And if you would grab Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. Now, that that training, uh, if you if you really dig into what, what's that? <laughs> I was going to say it was impressive. She didn't even have to open the Bible. Yeah. She was just like, boom, got yep. it. Uh, and these are honestly these are verses in our family that we have used for years. Uh, that's why they're memorized like that, uh, because we are we feel like they're that important. Um, these verses allow parents to directly impact and shape our culture, and that's very important. So, Nikki, does the Bible tell us exactly how 
we are supposed to educate our children? Well, it's every day that you're you're with your children, how you behave, how you speak, your actions, um, how you go about life is going to be the greatest teacher. Now, you do have to speak words to your children and, and give them instruction. But the biggest teacher is how they watch you and see what you do and how you handle life. That's going to be the uh, thing that impacts them the most. Mm -hmm. Yep. And if you would, I'm going to come back to you in a few moments. Uh, I'd like you to read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And I'd like you to get 2 Timothy 3.16, some additional uh, good Good verses there. John Arthur, when we talk about uh, teaching our children, is there a, um, I use the term right in, in the, in the notes. I'm, that's not even the correct word to use. Is there a one way to teach our children over any other? So I think the first question that I have to ask you is what do you mean by way? So, I Are you referring it, to education type yes. versus public school yes. versus private school versus Correct. charter yeah. versus religious? Uh, here's the thing. There is grace and liberality in Christ, but that's the question is, is it in Christ? Is it something as a Christian, if you are raising your children, if you do not believe in Christ and you are listening to this podcast, welcome. You are welcome here. I'm speaking to the Christian right now. At this exact moment, I will speak to you in a moment in just in just a second. But so that I'm fully clear, full disclosure, I'm a Christian and I'm going to tell Christians, if you are raising your kids in Christ, that is the way to go about it. Mm. If you are a poor single mother or poor for single father and you have to send your kids to a public school, there is no shame in that. There is shame, however, in letting those kids grow up without a good theology, philosophy, go down the the list. list. If they do not have their head screwed down, that's not their school's fault. That is primarily your fault as the parent. So is there a way I think that the Christian body should, and I would promote that the Christian body raise people's kids? Absolutely. I think that the church has done... A great job at smelling a rotten egg, but a very bad job at laying one. And what I mean by that is we're very, very quick to talk about how bad public education is, but we've made very few steps. There are a lot of places that do offer free or almost free religious education where you say, if you can pay $25 a week, thank God. If you can pay $2,500 a month, praise God. And you are donating and you are supporting the knowledge and and learning and education of other kids, but most importantly, in the ways of God. That's something I think that that is the correct way that we as Christians should strive for. And I've supported many of the, I'm not just, I have supported these schools. I go volunteer at some of these schools. My family had me in one of them that wasn't distinctly Christian, but they were Christians. We left because they weren't under an elder board and they were making decisions that were ungodly. Mm. But mm. all of that to say, I do think that there is a way to go about it that is correct. If you do not have that luxury mm-hmm. of a homeschool co-op where people are pouring into your kids for you, you don't have the option to homeschool. You don't have this option of a 
religious school that is God grounded, founded, and led. If you have to put your kids in public school, the right way is to, when they come home, what do they tell you? They're four years old. They talked about the gender unicorn. Okay. When your teacher does that, they're saying things that I really don't want you to hear. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell the teacher that. And I want you to tell me everything that they do because they are going to try to take you from me and in I'm, heart and I'll, mind. I'll what I want to do, hold that thought right there. I want to get into that more in just a little bit. So, Justin, if I could, I'm going to hold you up on your response to that uh, because that that is an, an incredibly important topic. And I want to deal with that. Before we get into that, though, I want to reaffirm something. So would you say, John Arthur, that it is important for a parent to be engaged with their children's education, no matter if it's public, private, or homeschool? Correct. In Christ. And, yeah. and, and when I say in Christ, that comes with all of the rigor and all of the intellect and all of the fervor and passion that God brings to educating us. If you are acting as Christ does with the church, then you're doing it the right way. Justin, go ahead and give me, give me that response. Oh, can I remember? Yes. Okay. Sorry. He, Squirrel. I'm really he, sorry. You paused me man, with no memory. <laughs> I'm um, but I was just, I was going to throw out an encouragement because I mean, when you hear that as, as a parent, you're going to go cool. Who are they to say this doesn't work? Is my kid really going to listen to me if they're being indoctrinated by the world? I'll, I'll tell you that it does work. Um, you raise your kids. They are with you more than they are everyone else. Um, and they respect you more than they respect everyone else. I remember I went to summer school, sixth grade, uh, and my teacher was like, okay, we're going to read Harry Potter together. My mom was adamantly against Harry Potter. And in that moment, I had a choice, right? My mom wasn't going to know. It's not like I went home and told her everything about the day, but I walked up to my professor and I was like, hey, so my mom doesn't really want me reading Harry Potter. So he changed the book. Hey, kudos you know, to him. It, yeah, and the professor took it well and went, okay. So it does work. What John Arthur is saying is not just, oh, some ideal Christian thing. It does work, and society will alter to respect the wishes of the parents if we hold the ground on that. Boy, and that, that last phrase was the phrase, if we hold the ground on that. That is exactly right. I want to go to the chair of politics here for a moment. So we, we talked a little bit about going to board meetings um, last week. Let's talk about how do we, what is the best way to approach attending a board of education meeting? On attending? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm getting ready to jump into a, a board of education meeting how do i as a parent approach that meeting well first thing you want to do is gather all your facts there is one <clears throat> excuse me, there's a website that you can go to it's called vote mark and go to this site and what they'll do is give you all of the, it's basically a breakdown on the ballot issues mm-hmm. for your state and the resident area that you're in. 
Yep. And what it'll do is tell you all the different things that are being that are going on in that area. Okay. And you go there, get up on all of those issues that are coming before your board of education. Whatever it is that concerns you, that way you're prepped, you're ready, ready to go. That way you have all of your issues. You've got whether it's a one-page thing or whether it's twenty-page. Hey, Steve. What they're going to do Steve. is give you a time. Steve. Frame. Yes. Speak into the mic a little bit oh. more. Thank you. And they're going to Please. give you a time frame. Okay. Whether it's five minutes, two minutes, or ten minutes. Okay, and you got to unpack everything during that time frame and get it all in during that time. Might even be good to uh, practice doing that at home. Yes. Um, if if you if you as a parent are looking forward to sharing something at a board of education meeting, um, and this is how I tell people to do it for church business meetings. Uh, because typically what what Steve said there a moment ago is exactly right. You're going to have a, a short time frame. You're going to want to take an hour. They're not going to give you an hour. You're going to want to take 30 minutes. They will not give you 30 minutes. You're going to want to take 10 minutes. They're not going to give you 10 minutes. Nope. They'll give you three minutes. They'll give you two to three minutes right. is all. You have to be able to lay out your, your issue and your case uh, in that very short time frame. Now, if you're thinking... Well, Charlie, that's not enough time. Well, there's not enough people for for you to uh, to to support that, right? You you've got to get more people to speak up. The more you have speaking up about it, the better. So two minutes is good. Two to three minutes is good. All right, keep going, Steve. You got you've got your facts straight. You got your documentation. What else? And then show up. And like you had said, if what you have is not going to be able to be said in that time frame, then you have others show up that can continue on with the facts that you have gathered up. Mm-hmm. And you spill out what you have to say, a certain time frame, and each one of you cover a certain amount of it that can fill in, whether it's two minutes or three minutes. That way you can get through Every bit of what it is that needs to be said. Mm. Have any of you ever watched C-SPAN in here? Mm-hmm. So if you watch C-SPAN, what you'll see is they'll say, I yield my time to the gentlelady from Colorado. I yield right. my time to the gentleman from Texas. You're able to do that. You are participating as much as a member of Congress or the Senate, but the rules are a little bit different. Instead of you being able to yield your time, you were all coming in with the plan for the structure. And you're right. not just filibustering. You are actually coming in with part one through six. Yep. And, right. and what a great, I appreciate you bringing out that word. It, it is not filibustering. We're not trying to prevent something. That's what filibustering is. Filibustering is, is the preventing of moving something through. That's not what we're talking about. We are no. talking about laying out a case for something. Correct. Okay, and then and you lay your case out. Yep. Or what the issue is that you want to talk about. Okay, but you got to have the facts, not nonsense, not conjecture, not your opinion. It's got to be the facts, and it needs to be searched. 
and research. I would, I would even add this to it. Um, some of you, you may not think it's really all that important. Um, we have approached a point in our society where I'm afraid this is becoming more and more important. And that is you're, you're getting to a point where you need to understand your constitution better than ever before. I'm not saying you need to be a uh, Dr. Turley and be a constitutional law professor. I'm not, I'm not talking that. But everybody wants to throw around the Constitution as their badge of honor. And if you don't have the ability to articulate back to that why you're standing on something, you may not have enough solid footing for your case to, to move forward. So all I'm saying is you might want to brush up on your constitution and understand a little bit more about that. Last question I want to ask you, Steve, yes. and then we're going to get on to another point here. Um, should we attack or be threatening? No. Don't want to threaten people, and you basically don't want to attack a certain person, but it's okay to attack their policies. There's a difference between attacking a policy and attacking a person personally. You don't want to get into personal banter with someone. You want to attack their policies. Mm. And the way you can end up doing that is one way is by voting. That's one way. Another way is debating on their policies and talking about the facts of their policies, i.e., one of them is talking about how their policies have not worked and come up with the facts on how the things have gone with their policies over the past year or the past however many years that they have been on the school board. And now let's say you've come to the point to where you've got to vote in new people onto the Board of Education. And there's various ways to do that. They've got two places you can go to. One of them is called Vote 411 and Ballot, what is it, Ballotpedia. You can go to these two sites, and they will give you all kinds of information. And we're going to make sure. On the people. Does say we put we're, in links down yeah, below? Yeah, we'll have the links in there for you so that you can take a look at those. Because uh, those Send are those, good, uh, good resources, right? And that, that'll be good there. Nikki, let me come back to you. Um, you and John Arthur can get after this question. So how were children educated prior to public schooling? Uh, by their parents. I mean, that's the way it was. There wasn't a public school for them to send them to, so the parents taught them. Mm. And hopefully, you know, if your parents were um, didn't read or write, then they couldn't teach you. But um, usually, if your parents could read or write, they would normally teach their children. Because back then, that was a real gift to have an education. Yes, it was. It, it, it still is a gift, by yeah. the way. It still is a gift. Yeah. And if you think about, um, if, if you think about how they were doing it when they were moving further west, um, it was very difficult to get teaching done well and and let's just be real it was really more of the church making more of a call for education because they wanted 
the children to be able to read the Bible. Yeah, that yeah, was way before the government ever got involved. Yeah, let's go back to all the way back to biblical times because mm-hmm. it was the parents. Yes. But then what the parents did in a lot of cases is they entrusted the, the teaching of their children to a tradesman mm-hmm. or to a woman in the in the uh, community who was going to raise a godly woman and teach her the trades that she needed for homemaking. And the man would go and learn a trade for smithing, whatever. The public education is actually a relatively new kid on the block. And it, True. And it has its roots, actually, in the Prussian element of the enlightenment uh ultimately out of the kind of the left wing side of enlightenment where you had people who thought that it was the group's job to raise children and we slowly we, we actually imported into that it. to the new world and look there's not a problem with a group of people raising children i don't have a problem with that what i do have a problem with is the undemocratization if you will of that responsibility i want that responsibility to always be on the parent barring neglect and abuse or or what have you so and 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 of course those are slippery slopes figuring out what is abuse some people will go really far but the primary issue is not can the parents raise them or not it's are we setting up an institution that has its own set of philosophies and are mm. being honest about wow. what that institution mean, means. And so you go to people like Dewey, De, uh, Dewey, Dewey De- John Dewey in the Dewey decimal system. Mm-hmm. That man was a subscriber to the Frankfurt school of thought. Yep. People don't realize since the late 1800s, we have been following in the very same philosophical footprint that the um, footprints that the Nazis walked. People don't understand the leftists in America were writing educational materials that the Nazis ate up and they used their theories in the European. European theater and that's where you had the Italian fascism you had the Nazi fascism and of course Leninists and Marxists all of that was rooted out of the same place that we get our modern public education system well stated well stated yep Nikki Ephesians 6 4 Oh, I can keep hitting that thing. I half expected her just to know this one, too. I, I just assume Nikki is Bible man now. And Bible ye fathers, man. promote not Sex. your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I love this verse because you as a parent have a responsibility not to um, discipline, raise, or teach your children in a manner that will cause them to become angry, mm. frustrated, mm bitter so you you know so when you hear of parents who are abusing children and they think they have a biblical right to do so you don't you don't second timothy three sixteen. 16 i don't have this one memorized either Three sixteen. yes all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For instruction in righteousness. Yeah. 
educating our children in Bible would be a good place to start with what we're doing. Well, and you know, Charlie, character matters. Mm. And mm. for unbeliever, unbelievers or people of other religions, character should matter. Yeah. Telling your child that lying is only going to hurt them in the long run. Stealing is going to hurt them. Treating other people poorly is going to hurt them. Being responsible is going to help them. It, it yeah. Character matters. It doesn't matter who you are, what your religious belief is, what uh, country you live in. Character matters. Yes. Let me go over to uh, Justin for just a moment. And we, we talked, John Arthur laid it out really, really well a moment ago. But the different types of education that are available to parents today, let's, let's talk about those. So name off some that, that come to your mind. I mean, we've got public school, obviously. We've got homeschool, uh, private school. There are charter schools. Um, there's uh, co-ops. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I had my child under a bridge. The government doesn't know they exist, so I'm going to train them up to be a farmer. <laughs> uh, that one's a lot Co-op. less common. <laughs> oh, me. Uh, Keep going. Just off the top of my head, those, yeah. are, those are at least for, I, I'm thinking school-age children. Now, when you get into adulthood, right, I still think, you know, parents are have part responsibility. Now I'm hitting things, Nikki. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> contagious. Contagious. Um, Oh, they get free Hello? education. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. No, in LA, if you live on the well, never mind. Um, but well, let's, so let's talk about some of the pros and cons of these very quickly. Uh, let's talk about the pros and cons of a public education, public school. Pros: uh, it's free, except for your taxes, but you have to pay those anyways. Um, you are around more kids. There's a there's that social aspect mm-hmm. of it, and you're gonna learn a lot of uh, what my parents always called were just life skills. Mm-hmm. You're gonna learn how to work with people you don't like, mm-hmm. because in life, guess what? You have to work with people you don't like. Um, you're gonna learn how to sit in a classroom with some kids sitting next to you, going, "Hey, hey, hey, let's talk," and you got to be like, "Mm-mm." Yep. Right. You're going to learn how to be disciplined. You learn a lot of life skills through that. Some of the cons. I don't know. <clears throat> I, when that kid and when I was in elementary, they, I'd say, speaking yeah. to the mic, please. I'd say, <laughs> hey, yeah, okay. Teacher would say, Steve, come on. In the hallway. Yeah, and then they'd beat you with a stop. <laughs> well, Steve, what yeah, he's just saying, me, don't do what he is I need, saying. I need, though. But I need control. Is, <laughs> I need control. But no, I need no, this control. is good. Paddles on me because they whipped me but, too much and it didn't do any good because I talked to you. This is life skills that he learned that you did not learn. Right. So, so, but there are a lot of cons public school, and one is the one is the control of what your children are being learned. Right. There's the pro that you know your children are going to learn these fundamentals. Because, man, this school is going to make sure, and if they are having problems learning, there are programs to help them. The con is you lose control of what they learn because there is that structure, right? We're now looking at, we've had podcasts about what they're putting into the school and, you know, the transgender and and the books with corn in it and, 
you know, we, we've talked about that before and you start to lose control. That's why, you know, when we talk about going to board meetings, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, that's a huge con of that public school system. And then the other con is that if you are not raising your child strong in the Lord, man, that public school can pull them away quick, easy, and fast. Hey, here's the thing. I would say that we're seeing that today at a far greater pace than we have ever seen it before. And when I say, uh, when you say pulling them away, A, pulling them away from parents, but B, pulling them away from good teaching. Hey, I just had a conversation this morning, guys, with a gentleman on my way to uh, church this morning at uh, bringing me, and he was telling me that he has relatives that live in your part of the world, Justin, Seattle. I'm sorry. The great great Northwest. I was telling him, I said, well, sorry to hear that. He goes, really? I said, yeah. Uh, So I kind of explained that, but... He has an aunt that he likes talking to, and the guy, this guy's my age, and uh, he, this, his aunt likes to talk about this niece, great niece that he that she has all the time, and uh, she's twelve years old. Well, this niece is now going by the name of Randy because. They are doing the the trans gender transgender thing, and I started to explain this kind of thing to him and talked to him about these podcasts that we do. Boy, he was interested in wanting to hear about this, and I mm. explained to him about what it is that's going on, and he was like, "Explain this to me. What 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 is it that's happening?" And, and explain all of this. That's, and that's I the was reason we're doing to this. Him. And explaining to him, I said, this is one of the reasons that we do some of these podcasts is to get these words out here because a lot of people don't understand what is happening in the public schools and why they are doing this and who it is that's doing it and the people that are doing it and instituting it. And one of them is the, one of the ladies that you and I have, that you we're have gonna, lined up to talk we're about. We're going to come back to her yeah. in just a minute. So, yeah, Keep so going. I'll say, I do want to say I'm not, we are bashing on public school a little bit. Well, uh, well, but let me, let me say this, and I don't want to, I'm not bashing, I don't want us to bash any one of these. Because I think John Arthur did a great job articulating earlier, look, Mm -hmm. you may be the single mom, and this is your only avenue. It's okay. Here's the key, and this is what I was trying to, to emphasize earlier. If you are not engaged with the education of your children, you are contributing to the problem. And I, I don't, I don't mean to be coarse like that, but truth is truth. This is exactly what Steve's talking about. This is a situation where if, if we don't take the opportunity to talk to our kids about, okay, well, you want to change your name to Randy, but why? 
Do you understand that there's a lot of public schools out there that have no desire for you as a parent to understand that your child wants to change their name to Randy? That's what we're talking about. So, if I may, yeah, and I wish I had the Twitter up for this, but there, there was a great response that someone made. They said, imagine for a moment that you as an atheist pull up to a public school and there's a crucifix standing there. And they teach your child Latin. They raise them and indoctrinate them in the ways of the liturgical, say, Catholic faith or Christian faith, whatever. They teach them about the secret history of the Crusaders. And they have them chant, you know, it is righteous and just to kill infidels. And they continue and your child becomes more distant from you as this secular humanist atheist and this child doesn't want to talk to you and they talk with their secret christian friends and they talk to all these other people and you when you say wait a minute i am not a christian i do not want my child raised in that how are you the bigot if that happens it only falls out this way where we are demonized as Christians for bringing it up because it is the religion of secularism. Mm-hmm. And I know you probably want to get to it later, but that's the problem with the word indoctrination. Yes. And Correct. I'm, if I'm, I, I think you want to get to that later. I do. But I'm going to let you keep going. And so, Justin, I'm going to give you a chance to finish that point, but I want to get to the pros and cons of, of private schooling and homeschooling as well. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to jump to homeschooling because that was what was next on my mind Uh, because my my mother and I have talked about homeschooling and I've often been like, mom, why didn't you homeschool me? I would have been more well adjusted and she laughs. Um, But, you know, my mom, there were four of us kids. There's no way my mom was going to be able to homeschool us all. Right. And we were all way too different. But um, one of the biggest cons to her for homeschooling for all of the pros about being able to control it and and watch who your kids hang out with one of the biggest cons to her was always i'm i'd be pulling you out of the world how are you supposed to be a light to the world if you're not with the world how are you supposed to be a light to these people if you are not with these people right but my mom also grew us up you know raised us up to be strong in the faith now you know, so two that out of four is like not a, bad. I was going to say, that sounds like a pro right there. Right. So that, to me, is a pro of public school. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the cons of homeschool is you are pulling your kid out from being able to be a light. Now, you have to, we've debated because you have to consider, is my kid strong enough to be able to influence, yeah. not be influenced? So if you decide, hey, no that's not going to work for us. Don't feel like I'm saying you're being unbiblical, right? You know, your children, you know where they stand, right? And you will listen to God about it. Um, but homeschool, right? You can switch, you can change part of the curriculum, right? Mm-hmm. You can adjust, you know, when you have to teach about dinosaurs, how you teach it. Yeah. You know, you have co-ops that can meet at churches and you know, this co-op is teaching this, 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 um, and then you also get a community around you of other homeschooling parents and you can learn from each other. So you're also going to grow more through it. That's another big pro of homeschool is your children's not going to be the only one growing. You're going to grow through that as well. You've laid that out pretty well. And by the way, can I just say for those of you that are 
watching or listening, we could we could take an hour just on that topic alone, that question alone, and we could speak about the pros and cons of the different forms of education. Uh, and believe me, there are pros and cons to each. There really are. So it, it's it's a really important one. And I, I will say, Justin, I appreciate you laying out what you have. Um, it it goes far beyond what he's talked and he's done well talking about just what he has. But there's even more. So I would encourage you to, if you're struggling about, you know, should I do this or should I do that? Do your research. Do your research and, and you'll, you'll come to the right conclusion for your children. I want to go back to John Arthur for, for a minute here because you brought up a, a really great phrase that is commonly used for people that want to homeschool their children. I remember standing in uh, work one day when I was working in Tampa, and I had uh, one, of the, my, one of my coworkers. She was unbelievably flabbergasted that we were going to homeschool our kids. And I mean flabbergasted. She was, she was, I don't remember her being red in the face, but I can envision her being red in the face. And this was the phrase. You're indoctrinating your kids. You said that about homeschooling? Think about it. Yeah. Who are the most common ones to homeschool? Christians. Christians. There you go. Go with it. So... Let's go ahead and look at the definition of indoctrinate, to teach, to accept certain beliefs, okay? (laughs) Almost like that's the job of a teacher. Almost sounds like the job description of a school. Almost sounds like the job description of a parent. It's almost like when you teach you will invariably indoctrinate. You will put them into a doctrine. That's what indoctrinate means. And that is the most frustrating thing. No, exactly, Mr. Producer. That's what it means. The most frustrating part of all of the discourse surrounding this is when when Republicans, and I say Republicans, not Christians, Republicans, and that's that's our problem is we're fighting as Republicans. We're not fighting as Christians under the Amen. banner of the Christ. We're fighting under mm. the banner of the elephant. So forgive me. Screw that. We're going to sit under the banner of our God mm. and we're going to say, no, we are indoctrinating our kids. We are raising them in good doctrine, in good teaching. We are going to build them into members of society that are These are godly members of society. These are people who are here for a transformative force in our culture. If that is our objective, we will succeed. Whereas if our objective is just to raise good kids, the problem is, is that we're leaving that definition of good to the people who are raising them. And they have their own Doctrine, the doctrine of secular humanism in this case, the doctrine of the gender unicorn, the doctrine of critical theory. I love that phrase. Uh, the, 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 just think about it. Isn't it lunatic, lunacy that we are allowing our children, our four year olds, to be sexualized? They're showing them parts and pieces of, of, of 
female and male anatomy and saying, by the way, this is the natural course of things at fourth and fifth grade. And then by the way, you can also do it this way. And by the way, you can also. Why, why children? Why are we taking the innocence from children? I don't understand it. I just. This I, not on you. Yeah. This not on your cow. <laughs> He's been wanting to put that in there. But no. It, it, the, the thing is, is we do understand it, don't we? We, we know exactly well, they what they're have, doing. The, to sexualize, the, there's more going on here than just... But what, what is, is it? What is it that's going on? They're sexualizing the children. No, no, because no, 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 no. Not, not just that. Further. Further sexualizing, sexualizing the children and become genderless. I mean, I don't... It, it's control. Don't want, they want to it's take control. your children. They, they want do. to take your children. That is, that's the truth. They want to take... That's why we're, we now have minor attractive, attracted individuals and not not pedophiles anymore and it, it's going to come a day where You're the, what it is. that's the scary part and i don't even want to say it you got to speak into the mic steve thank i thought you. i was thank you hello <laughs> <laughs> what it wow. is is that the government wants all of children away from the parents the parents themselves so that you no longer control what it is that the parents are teaching or doing anything for the kids where it is the government altogether. Did any of you in here read Animal Farm? Yes. I did not. I, oh, really? I did you, not. You did not? So nope, I'm going really. to give you some homework. Okay. Please go read Animal Farm. Oh, me. Because it is one of the best by the way i it is a superior unpopular opinion it is a superior book to 1984 yes i i i like 1984 it is graphically um uh voyeuristic Mm -hmm. but animal farm euphemizes it very well and what you will see as you read the book minor spoilers as they take the sheepdog's children her pups they raise them, they take them away, and they raise them, and then those sheepdogs now turn on the rest of the animals. This is something that I did not believe was possible in America until the last three years. Yeah. When I've seen what's happened to our military, I've seen all the good people leave because they are leaving on conscience, because they do not want to be there for the transgenderism and all this other nonsense. Guess what, folks? When you leave for the conscience, what you do leave behind is a vacuum that is filled Mm -hmm. by the people who will take your children and they will raise them in the new ideology. And we are coming up with a generation in our military not just in our schools, but we're sending them from our primary schools to our colleges to West Point. And these people are being trained to hate you. Yep. Not all. Many, many, many friends who have graduated from military school, good salts of the earth people. I'm not talking about them. But what they want to do is they want to change that so that when they come out of school, they've turned against you. That's a good segue into um, a, a person that I want us to to talk about for a moment, and we're ne- we're not here to bash. I am here to warn. I think we all are. This is a person you want to 
um, be very careful with how much you accept her statements and her ideology, because uh, it, from the Christian standpoint, it's bad. Uh, and that is Randy Weingarten. She is um, the leader of the teachers' union, and she is promoted. Largest. Yes. Uh, she is promoted like the um, the all-knowing one when it comes to education. Steve, you had some things that you wanted to bring now, out. Uh, one of her things, those that believe in this, and this is what she says. Um, I can find her quote here. I've got it uh, real quick. Uh, what she does is... All people. Now, these are people who believe in, let's say, school choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you believe in school choice, like, okay, I, I want to be able to, my kids to go to this particular school for this particular reason. I want to get my kids out of this horrible school district and bring them to this one because. This one teaches this and teaches this and get them out of this school district because they're doing bad things and get them away from this. And I want to bring them over here. Well, she calls people like this racist, segregationist, uh, compares them to the Ku Klux Klan (laughs) and thinks that they are the type of people that are trying to ruin school in itself usually and you'll find a lot of those people that want school choice maybe people of color because they want a better education that's it they want and to fire the bad school district that's right and they right that's right and what you're finding is is that a lot of people the ones that are the most that want uh, choice are those that are in blue cities and blue states that are in the worst type of schools wanting to get their kids out of those schools and move them to other schools, which are black school districts and black parents, and get their kids out of those into other schools. And she's calling them segregationist yeah and racist well she has to use that terminology to to gather support because people won't do their own investigating of what's going on they'll they'll rely on somebody like her and and says that they are not a large part of what's going on they are a small part of of the economy a small section of those that are out there in and but they have the lar- the largest mouth. Can can I um, cuz you you said something here and I read an article and I don't want to cross over into economics but there is a real argument to be made for people in a poor s- school district when the the land taxes are low then the school gets less money and then you move into an affluent neighborhood where the taxes are high. And the school district gets a whole lot more money. And so, and, and that's why I understand the way taxes are, are done is that you pay the school tax 
to your your district that you're in. And I know there's been an argument that it should all go to the state and be divided equally so the children can all get an equal education. Now, I'm, I just read an article, so if I'm off on something, let me know. But that's a fair argument. That's If you're living in a poor part of the poor county and your taxes are, are low because the property values are not high, you're living in an affluent uh, county and you have high t- school taxes because property values are, are larger, um, that school's going to get more money. And they're not going to be able to teach the kids equally. I want to, we're running short on our time. I want to share um, just a little bit from a, um, a school choice map, if you will. Um, here are some states that have uh, tax credit programs. Montana, South Dakota, Iowa, Illinois, <laughs> wow, Kansas, Alabama, South Carolina, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire. Now, I want to give you one that has voucher programs. And by the way, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is another podcast we could do. You know, what's the, what's the best way to fund it, if you will? But uh, we and we won't be doing this. But um, the voucher program, Utah, Wisconsin, Ohio, Arkansas. Maryland. Those are places where you literally can get your check and show up to a different place and say, I'm paying. That's that's school choice, if you will. Um, here's some other ones. Uh, tax credit and voucher programs combined. Oklahoma, Indiana, Louisiana, Georgia. And this one, I think, is very interesting. This is tax credit and education savings account programs. Nevada, uh, Arizona, Florida. And then the last one, the uh, ESA and uh, voucher program together. And you're looking at North Carolina and Mississippi. Really interesting. Uh, those are those are the major things there. Uh, there's a number of states that do charter schools. Okay, so there there is so much to this. There is so much to this, and what we've tried to do today is we have tried to lay out for you how you can fulfill your responsibility in educating your children. I want to give you one more thing, and then we're going to wrap up. I told you that I I had a little bit of information on why economically this matters. Folks, you can go out on the internet. You can find this. The budget, the federal budget. This is the federal budget for the Department of Education. $102.8 billion. With a B, mm. $102.8 billion for 2022 alone. If you do not think that there is an economic winner to this battle, you are unbelievably mistaken. The, the budget alone for the the U.S., uh, and I don't, 
John Arthur, you might have to correct me on this. I believe is well over six trillion. Um, our deficit? No, no, no. Just the budget. I know a few years ago it was three point nine yeah. trillion. Right, right. Um, they just upped it another yeah. two trillion in the last couple of months. So you might be wondering, well, Charlie, one hundred and two point eight billion. Uh, the, okay, that's two billion per state, and you've got a handful of states: Maryland, Rhode Island. New Hampshire, um, uh, Delaware, extremely small. They don't need $2 billion. So when you think about it, you're talking about states averaging 25 to $3 billion per state for education. We haven't talked about the money that you have to pay in taxes for city and state taxes. And... This is netting us something to the order of, and again, link in the description below, but U.S. is ranked as 38th in the world in math, and it's ranked 24th in science. Some people put us at 14th in the world. Some people put us at 25th, depending upon the, whose stats you're using. And, and where so should we be? We should be number one. We should easily be number one, at least in top five. Absolutely. It's, it's unquestionably top five is where we should be now the problem is where does all that money go and it it absolutely evaporates it is the grossest mismanagement and waste that you will ever see because a parent Bingo. can do so much more with with just keeping their own tax money well, say one more time mr producer put them up Thank you know you. where some of it should go? School security. Mm. And, and you want to know why some of it doesn't? Guess who's in charge of school security for the Homeland, uh, what is Department, it? Of Homeland. Homeland, Department of Homeland Security for the Biden administration? Guess. Randy Weingarten. Actually, we it's do have super that clip miss if you liberal. Want it. That's a eye-opening thing, and that's and why we tell you why we have a, don't have school security in this country. Yep. Wow. Let's wrap this up. So, Nikki, chair of theology, um, most important takeaway about fulfilling the education, the responsibility of the education of our children. Uh, for each parent to understand, it is really your responsibility, whether your child goes to a public school, private school, uh, charter school, or they're homeschooled, it is your responsibility to make sure that they are being educated, what they're being educated about, and becoming responsible adults. John Arthur, Chair of Philosophy. So the primary issue is always, why do we do what we do? Are we trying to to build a posterity for Christ. If you are, you will value your children. You will value what they're learning. If you are just having a pleasurable experience and lives, eternal souls are being created as a waste product of that, then this is the wrong podcast for you. And this is the wrong subject matter for you. If you're not a Christian, I said I would get to you later. If you're not a Christian and you are listening, thank you. You're welcome. For You're welcome to be here. 
Just got to clarify that. <laughs> yep. That's good. Thank you. And you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> you're welcome to be here. You are welcome. What I will say is, is that raising your child in godliness. I, I, I'm trying to remember the individual who, who said this, but he was a rabid atheist. And he said, the thing that would cure the ills of Africa is the Christian religion and the philosophy that comes oh, with it. Wow. And the reason he said that is, is the morality, the founded morality in Christendom is the only thing that has provided stability for the world. If you are losing that education, whether you're a Christian or you're not, and I don't like to play in that field, but I will for a moment, even if you're not a Christian, the values that Christ has brought to this earth and that the Christian Western Christianity has brought to the world are absolutely inestimably better than the secular humanism we have today. Do not lose that. Do not let them educate your children out of your arms and into theirs because they do not love you and neither do they love your children. Mr. Justin. Uh, yeah, I think culturally, I just... I think the different types of schools that you go to have different perceptions, right? If you go to public school, you know, if you're not in public school, you see them as street youths and hooligans. Uh, you know, the homeschoolers, you see them as the oddballs who don't trust the system. Private schoolers are the stuck up rich people, right? Um, and there's so many, it's so easy to start trying to put people in boxes. And as a culture, we need to stop that. We need to back up. We need to ask, what are the reasons? And we need to make our choices on our reasons, not just based on how we think it's going to be received, because it's so easy to fall into that. And our culture pushes to that. Our culture pushes to stereotype people and to judge people based on their decisions. And Whoa. as a culture, we need to stop. Well, we need to judge people based on their decisions, but we need to actually ask their decisions and not assume their decisions. Well stated. Well stated. Yep. Steve. Motive. There yes. we go. That's um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being politically incorrect on issues, especially if you disagree with what they're talking about. Now, also in the same regard, when you decide to vote on issues and on people, make sure that you go with Christian values and vote on those people that have Christian values. Those people will make the difference like John Arthur talked about in the morality on what goes on in a country. Just like the atheist said, it will change a country and it can change a country just like Christianity has changed the world. And it can change this country to a better place as long as Christians get out and get off the couch and get out and hit the polls and vote their conscience, their conscience, let speak that right, yep. and vote. Get off the couch and go vote. And I would even add one more thing, investigate. Find out yes. where they stand. Absolutely. Good stuff. Get on those two different mm -hmm. yep. places and check out people. You'll see those links in the yes. uh, description below. 
The one thing I want to bring up as it pertains to a wrap-up for the economics, uh, the economics of this is stunning, stunning. And let me add to that, that we only talked about the federal side. We did not talk about the state very much or the local. Do you know that homeschoolers actually pay twice the amount of money to educate their children? And you might be thinking, no, they don't. No, they do. No, private schools do too. And well, yeah, good point. Because they have to buy their own curriculum. They're buying their own school supplies. By the way, I know how it works in public school. For you parents that can't afford it, your teachers pay for it. That's, that's no no joke. That's Teachers why don't pay for all of it, but they do pay for oh, some of it. Oh, they pay for a lot of it. They pay for a lot. Yep. So when you're talking about homeschool parents, when you're talking about private school parents, um, they're paying twice the money that a public school parent pays for education of their children. It matters. You as a parent have a responsibility for the education of your child. You cannot send your child, and I don't care if they go to private school, I don't care if they go to public school, you cannot go and do your 40-hour work week, come home, and vegetate on a couch. That's not engaging your children. That's not helping them with their education. You need to do what Miss Nikki read at the very beginning of this podcast, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto your children when thou risest up when thou walkest by the way when thou liest down you have a responsibility for that and you can do it you can do it you don't have to have a teacher's degree i take that back if you're from the state of california i'm sorry you have to have a teacher's degree sorry craziest law i've ever heard but nonetheless, that's what they require. So I want to encourage you today to think differently about the responsibility of educating your children. It's your responsibility, but there's a lot of ways to get it fulfilled. You can do it. I am so glad you joined us for this podcast today. I hope you found it very informative. Hope you found it very helpful. Please leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts on some of these these topics that we've talked about and what you agree with, what you don't agree with. We'd be glad to respond to you. Uh, if you're trolling us just to troll and be evil about it, sorry, you're not getting a response. You're not worth our time. Well, I yeah. might respond for fun. Yeah. <laughs> we fun. would like you to uh, like, share, subscribe, um, all of that. Let your, let your friends know. Uh, we would be glad to get your support. We appreciate uh, all all your support for these podcasts. Until next time, and next week we're going to have a really good topic. The curse of America. Fatherlessness in the home. Really hot topic that we need to discuss. I hope you'll join us. We'll look forward to having you. Until then, goodbye. Okay, if you stuck around... You you were doing probably what John Arthur would say, one of a couple things. You were sleeping and just woke up, uh, and if you were doing that, that's okay. You're, you're still in for a little bit of fun here. Rewind, and you can listen to it all. Um, 
or you're really genuinely interested in this little part of our of our podcast. But today, I want to ask you guys, if you had to do it all over again, how would you like to have been educated? Miss Nikki. Oh, I would... I would stick with the public school for my, I, for, for me. I had a feeling. For me, that's what, but I lived in a small town. Small town, that's small right. Town. I homeschooled five kids for 24 years, but in a big city. And so my kids had a lot of activities and a lot of social interactions. We and certainly a, did. A super, super senior took him 24 years to graduate. No, there's ten years between the it, there's ten years between the oldest and the youngest. We got it. We got to get the calculator out for Justin on that one. John Arthur. Yeah, I uh, was actually in a religious school, which is one of the ones that we didn't talk too much about. We didn't skipped over, but uh, I was in three of those. Loved those, but frankly, I would definitely go homeschool route the whole way if I could. Very good, Almost Justin. Self taught. Yep. Um. I would also probably stick public school. I think that was really good for me. Um, I would say that I would have liked a little more education at home, a little more probably strictness from parents on on certain things, I think. Uh, but all in all, I'd probably say public school still. Interesting. Mr. The only Steve? thing that was offered I was at was public school. You know, there wasn't a such thing as homeschooling. In this day and time, age, I don't know if I'd want to be public know, school, but where, and, I wouldn't uh, change my growing up. There yeah. wasn't really any private schools around where I grew up. Uh, town was small, you know, so, okay. you know, about the only thing there was was. And, you know, my main first grade teacher I ended up with, well, he broke a paddle on because I just. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I understand exactly where Nikki's coming from. Um, the dynamics, and you made a very important clarification there. Um, if, if you told me I had the option of doing it over again back when we grew up, I would say public school because it was small town, only because it was small town. If you were to ask me the question, how would you do it today? Unequivocally, there is no doubt in my mind I would want to do homeschool. And by the way, as a homeschooler who had a large uh, religious school experience, which is you're you're getting close yep. w- without the dreck of the modern garbage in there. My social calendar, my outgoingness all of that exploded once i started to homeschool because yeah. boy scouts theater civil air patrol you know pretty active i was able to do and eventually i dropped civil air patrol because i focused on boy scouts and theater mm-hmm. but you know what it was great and i was able to do stuff that a lot of kids would not have had time for that's really interesting Really interesting. We don't usually ask Rai, Rai Rai, the producer guy. Uh, I'm going to ask him real quick. What do you think, Rai Rai? What, what would you prefer? Homeschool it is. We don't have a microphone for him. That's, so used to that's why you do sir. He, he whispered he that. He was religious schooled, right? Yeah, he, he so, went to private school. So he, yeah, it's a religious private school. Private Christian school. So, yeah, so, so it is a private school. So there we go. We've got a diversity of actual background and opinion. And I'm sorry I didn't bring that out on the 
on the podcast the the earlier part because that would have been really good to bring that out my apologies for that but a church a church school under an elders board is a different animal than a private school yep yeah yeah good stuff guys appreciate it this has been fun great topic great topic i'm looking forward to the next one oh boy next one and those of you that are still listening you don't want to miss that the curse of america fatherlessness in the home and we're gonna we're gonna have a very good discussion about that i hope you all have a fantastic day god bless you all we'll see you next time we'll see you next time on cat herding with mr pomeroy (laughs) 